Hello, I'm Daniel and welcome to my podcast, Life Changes You. Over the last few episodes, I've spoken to different people about their experiences in life and who they have been inspired by. Our mantra is explore what you love, transform how you think and become an exceptional being. This is part two of my conversation with Richard Fabian. I hope you enjoy it. So did you find some of those people you were talking to inspiring? Because they would have been, I guess, people in business and, you know, they're talking yeah. to you about financial matters. They must also talk to you about what their business is and how they got there. And Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Interesting and, and inspiring. Um, and when I say inspiring, not that, oh, I want to do that. So no, no, no. But you, you grab me, bits of information oh, from yeah. them that you go, oh, wow, I'll take that with me. And, and certainly what, what I still and I really don't fully understand today is how people can reach these high levels and function and, and manage and run countries or run companies, it requires a certain type. It's not in my DNA, yep. but I, I, I look at it and I think, wow. Huh? And yet they'd often find time to also worry about their, their bank account with me and, and their credit card, and there was an issue here. So they'd be able to do all these high-level stuff and then also be able to and, – and just to and, – and also the stress. I, and I often wonder, well, at night, how do they sleep? Because they've got so much pressure, yeah. And but it's a it's a different it's a different yeah, style it, of personality. It, it, it's a completely different person, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, and, it is. Um, I mean, they're very few and far between. Yeah. Um, and that's why we we find some people get into government and things like that. Who would go? Oh, I'm surprised they got in, but they got in because they had that extra hmm. I don't know oomph or get up and go that the other person didn't have. Correct. So they were able to get ahead of them and then take the top spot. Correct. And, and it's, you, you know, you've got to be tough too. Yeah. There's a toughness in there uh, that is required for you to to, to 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 succeed in that sort of environment. So yeah, well, look, that, I mean, that intrigues me. That. When you talk to people in government, you know, you say, why aren't you putting more money into this or more money into that? And they yep. say, if I was to put more money into all those things people want, there would be no money left. Yep. So there has to be a cutoff point where we go, okay, this is what we can put in and this is what we can put in there. Yep. But we know that they still need more, but we don't have more money to put into those. Yep. Whereas we're going in our, say, I'm like, oh, I want more money in disability. Yep. Well, yeah, we can put more money there, but then we have to cut it back from somewhere else. It's not never-ending amount of money that we can just keep pumping into different places. No, that's So to be able to balance all those different things whilst having people um, saying to them, well, you know, you should do this, you should do that, it must be really hard because you know that that money does need to go there, but you just can't do it. Yeah, it's making the hard decisions, isn't yeah. it? And working within, we're working within a budget, which is no matter what sort of system you're working within we all have to do. So it requires clear thought. But I imagine if you've worked in finance, you're quite good at managing your household budget. Uh, No, not necessarily. (laughs) (laughs) It's the whole story. Not so good. And and also mine was always about my, my... expertise, I guess, was always in, in, in the relationships, in managing those relationships and developing a relationship that was trust. Yes, definitely. So, the, so I was very careful to not betray that trust when I worked within, within the bank. Okay. So that was important to me. So uh, not trying to make them take on a product or offer them a service that, that wasn't 
good for them. So I, yeah. I, I did my best. Of course, you've got the the way that against the requirements of of the company. Yeah. Then once you do push, push, push. Yeah. 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 Well, well, we've seen what's happened in the last couple of years. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think the banks are looking at a very different. Their their, their culture has taken yeah. a, a turn, and for the best that it's it's um, no longer going to be sell at all costs. So. Hopefully we're seeing a change in culture there. So then stepping away from finance, I mm-hmm. mean, you were still working in finance, but then you went back to study. How hard was it to go back to study and what did you study? Yeah, look, I got to a point. So as I was coming, I could see the end of my career in, in banking. I just kind of thought, I'm not going to die a banker. That was kind <laughs> of my my motto. So I, I um, thought... And I'm not too old and, and uh, in, in, in pretty fit, so I thought, uh, I'm going to do something about this. Um, you know, financially, I still needed to work, so I wasn't able, I didn't have the luxury of saying, I'll just stop working there and I'll ed- educate yep. myself. But I was able to take on this counselling. Yep. Uh, so I thought, uh, as a counsellor, uh, is, is uh, something that I think I could be quite good at, and I was encouraged by my friends and family. They said, yeah, you've got... Uh, they think uh, uh, you've got the right attributes to be a, a, a good counsellor. Yeah. But of course, I needed to be educated too. Yeah. So it's th- um. It, it's quite a. It's quite a difference to the real world when you start. I mean, because I start. We worked mm. it out before the interview that we started the same time in 2014 yeah. doing a bachelor of counselling. And, I mean, I was luckier than you that I'd done a diploma first, so I had an idea of how counselling worked and the different mm. um, ways of thinking and reading and writing. And I think you'd also worked in that sector more, yeah. whereas mine had been in a very much a corporate Completely sector different. my whole life. So mm. how did you find it first, picking up your first books and... Oh, very stimulating and yeah. interesting and, and, yeah, enjoyable. So I liked it. I thought, yeah, I, I, this is something I can enjoy... Uh, and not just enjoy the the rewards. And when I go back to my banking corporate life, the rewards were financial, and I wasn't earning the big money, so I wasn't some high flying. But you were earning a comfortable amount. But I was amount. earning a very absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paid beyond really what the skills were. So yeah. you know, it, as we know, it's an industry that pays pretty well. So I had all that, but I also had friendships. Yep. And camaraderie that was big for me, and that that was so those two components um, really was what did it for me. Um, but yes, it, it, uh, so in terms of the, the, the counseling, this was something that I, I, I and I, I knew I should have done this years ago, but yeah. for lots of reasons and, and, you know, partially growing up in, in Africa and, and leaving and all that kind of stuff and not valuing education, I didn't. I ended up in taking a different path and putting things off. I'm a good procrastinator. Yeah, so yeah. I procrastinated for, for half, yeah. half my life. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this this is good. And I, I and I very much realised that, that uh, I'm going to enjoy this and I think I can do it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I started, as you know, on a... Um, uh, doing a unit by unit, so I was working, and but with this course that we that, that we do that I am doing, I was able to just do a unit at a time at my own pace. Yeah, uh, I quickly realised that while I was working at the same time, and not that the, the pace was a little slow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but also not being a, a great student, so I had never really applied myself in a great way. Um, I underestimated the challenge of 
of, yeah. There's a really good TED talk at the moment about procrastination mm. and it's about a guy who's talking about his thesis and so he says, so here's my year and it's got three steps and it says the first step is to, you know, start getting it ready, my ideas of what I want to do and then in the second part of the year, so in that middle block, I'm going to ramp it up to two so I'm going to do a mm. lot more and then when I get to the last bit, those last three or four months will be up here, number three, and I'll just really smash it out. Mm. He says, and then as the year goes on, you realise, well, I've missed part one, so I've got to add that to part two. He said, and then it just goes on and on, and at the end I just realise I've got 24 hours to write a thesis in. Yeah. (laughs) And I tend to be the same sort of learner. Like, I learn it, but I don't rush for it until I'm into those last weeks Mm. when I think, oh, my God, I've got to get this essay done. Yeah. And I think you're the same. Working under pressure is, yeah, I have to accept that that's the way to get things, that that there's the way I do it. Yeah. Um, but for me, it was actually the learning curve because I'd always had this arrogant view that I was a pretty smart bloke. Um, but I just never worked very hard and da 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 da. And I'd sort of got through school without doing particularly well, but got well enough. And, yeah. And, and just, I just, and, you know, I was in the higher classes or whatever. So I thought I was a pretty smart bloke, but I had never really applied myself. So when, I suddenly said, this is something I really want and I'm going to apply myself. Yeah. It was a lot tougher. I suddenly realised I wasn't such a smart bloke. Yeah. Um, and I didn't have any of the disciplines that you're now required to do, no. the referencing and all and that And also kind of when stuff. you're doing it online where you can do it sort of – I mean, you, you do have a um, – uh, what do you call it, a structure of what you have to do by when. So an essay yeah. week five, um, an exam week 10, and then another exam week 12. Yeah. But you still tend to sort of sit there and go, oh, I've got heaps of time, I've got heaps of time. And then it's sort of like you get to it and you go, oh, my God, two days and I've got to have this essay in or this exam's coming up and I can't remember all these things I need to do for yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, no, that's exactly right. And you don't have the support mechanisms also because you're, you're not doing in the classroom. Yeah. yeah, no, that's exactly right. So that was a huge shock and challenge. And at times I thought, why am I doing this? Um, but, you know, I, I, I kept at it. And, and I, you know, again, I didn't put myself under huge amounts of pressure because I did a unit at a time, but was moving far too slowly. But then you did ramp it up and do two units at a time. I did. So yes. I was, that's, that's correct. I was at, then found myself in a position where, where I could do that. And um, uh, so I left the bank and was able to complete the course in 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 quick time and I'm not yeah. coming to the end of it and yeah. and looking to spend a great number of hopefully years ahead working as a counsellor um, and it's a job that I can do into my 70s. I don't think that... Uh, it should be far any... off. Well, that's not that far <laughs> off as you, as you point out. So but what do you think is your big, biggest accomplishment in your life so far? Is um, it going back to school and doing your counselling? Yeah. Yeah, that's for me. That's a, that. That is a big accomplishment. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And on the personal side, I um, uh, I have a son, as yep. an adult son now, and uh, that's a huge accomplishment. He's oh, a, yeah. and he's a very he's a really good chap, and we have a, a good relationship. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and the other big aspect for me personally is is coming out. Gay as sort of late in my life. Yeah. So that. What, what age that, were you? I was in my early fifties. Oh wow. When I yeah, I um finally came out, um and that's obviously generated and that that ties in very much with my whole change about okay this is liberating and and wanting to to change my career as well, so that whole process was was uh, you know really important. 
Well, yeah. Okay, so Richard, what do you think was the catalyst for change in your life? Well, I I think, as I say, coming coming to terms with my sexuality, yeah, um, of course, was was the major catalyst. I mean, uh, I kept a. Uh, I guess I, I denied it. I didn't deny it to myself. Yeah. But in terms of publicly um, yeah. coming out. So your public out, persona was yeah was very different. Straight. That's right. Yeah. But I never did, denied it to myself, and I yeah. never I never in my whole life I. I'd never denied it to anybody, and yeah. only on a couple of occasions had somebody perhaps asked, and I was able to, to walk around the question, but I never categorically denied it. So, but I knew at some point in my life I would. Yeah. And coming out of a marriage and having a son, and then me becoming the principal carer of my sons—that was okay. the other thing. Yeah, so, yeah. so for me, uh, and that's a major the, role, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So for me, the timing of that was also critical that I could do that in a way that was best for him. Yeah. Um, so that, that's the way I, I, I view it. I mean, may not have all been the right time. I probably should have happened earlier. But doing that was hugely liberating, changing my, my lifestyle, then obviously coming out to my son so that he, he um, was wonderful in in, yeah. in retrospect. Obviously, yeah. it doesn't, it's not all plain smoothing, but he's wonderful. No, no, no. He was wonderful and very supportive. No, because so. I mean, like you've you've reconciled in yourself what's happening, mm. but I guess for him, he still sees you as my dad, straight mm. man, and then you go and say, "Oh, no, I'm actually I'm gay." Yeah, it would be quite a big step for him to take and go, "Oh, okay." Yeah, it, was, it was huge. Yeah, and, and you know, he's he's a, he's he's an all Aussie male, so yeah. that's his perspective on life. So, but again, also broad-minded. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, he's been, you know, as I said, through that process was, was wonderful. So um, it made it a lot easier in the end, but it was such a long time in coming that, that it was a slow process. And so when it did, it was it was quite easy in the end. Yeah. Um, and all my friends and family too were wonderful, even family who reasonably conservative in their views were, 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 were loving and, and I couldn't have asked for more. So yeah. that was terrific. And then I um, met my partner, who's now my husband as of recent times. Right. So that's given me the opportunity and also financially for me to, to, to do the switch and finish off my studies and leave the bank, etc. So all of that's tailored in rather, rather nicely. Um, but yeah, the that that sort of was the the catalyst to finally going right. This is who I am, uh, not just personally, but also professionally. So I'm not really a banker. Yeah. Um, and I'd be much better being a counsellor. Yeah. And so that that is. But as you said before, like your work in the bank was actually getting you ready to be a counsellor in, in a way, because it was always managing relationships. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and and that was my focus. You know, that was my focus was the relationship. It's always been sort of key. And, and just being interested. Yeah. I mean, I really have an interest in people's life stories. That is, you know, I'm always happy to ask, even no matter how, whatever this person might be, whatever the, the, on the surface their life might look like, I, I actually am interested. Yeah. Um, and and I love questions. So, um, you know, 
Well, I've got some Delving. more for you. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, no. Your questions to me. I could ask you a few too. Yeah. Look, I mean, that's the reason I love reading biographies, and I'll just buy biographies yeah. of people I don't even really know or don't even like. Mm. But I read it because I want to know what their life was like and how they got from A to B. Yeah. Because everybody has such an interesting life, and you think, oh, I mean, Ozzy Osbourne. You know, I read that in two days, and you see him as Ozzy Osbourne. Rock star, hmm. the TV show they had the Osbournes. But then when you read it and you see everything he went through in his life, you go, oh my God, hmm. you know, this man's had a crazy life and hmm. he's still got through. But then I read things like David Beckham's autobiography, and, you know, I'm not really interested in soccer, hmm. but I'm interested in how he got from where he did to where hmm. he is now. So I'll just read anything to see what yeah, people's I, lives a, are like. I'm a great biography reader too. I like that very much. But again, it doesn't have to be a, a sort of personality can be just simple people's lives yeah when you sit and talk to them face to face and you just ask those questions and yeah i'm interested yeah it's just it's just the way i am some people you know a lot of people that just not not does doesn't interest them so that, yeah. that's fine so that's what you need to be a good mm. counselor well I, I think it's a good attribute yeah yeah okay so where do you think you'll be in five years from now well i'd like to uh my 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 ideal is to have my own practice, and yeah. uh, so I'll be a count, my own counselling practice. Uh, my focus on um, uh, relationships. Yep. So marriage. You know, I've been there, <laughs> and uh, and uh, and t-shirt. obviously in 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 a same sex marriage now um, have brought up a a um, a child, had a child. Yeah. Uh, so all of that. So I've experienced. I think quite a lot, and uh, and uh, that, that's my that's my focus. I think is to to have my own my own practice that would deal with relationships. And I think what makes a great counsellor or psychologist is someone who has lived the experience, who has been through turmoil it, and grief yep. and happiness, to be able to actually empathise with yep. the person they're talking with. Yeah, life experiences. Yeah. I, I think to be to be a really good counsellor. I mean, there's no set time, but you need to have had some life experience. Of course, we, we can't all experience what other people have gone through. Yeah. We don't think like other people. No. How I think nobody else thinks and vice versa. Yeah. Um, but having life experiences certainly enables you to go, okay. Yeah, to empathise and mm. put yourself in their shoes. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So what do you think is the most common reason that people either give up or they feel like they've failed in something? Um. Well, I, I guess you've you've got to you you've not loved it stronger, but you've got to like what you're you're doing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, put for example, me going into banking in a corporate life. Um, what kept me going was, as I pointed out before, those the the, the rewards of camaraderie yeah. and also the financial. So that's yeah. what helped yeah. kept me. But there was a big void there yeah. that I never loved what I did. Yeah. So that that was, you know, I kept that going, but that, w- that was tough. But I think that's why a lot of people give up is because they really don't love what they're doing or they perhaps don't even like what they're That's it. They don't even like. Doing. I mean, I think if you like a job, you can continue in it. Yeah. And it might not be what you really want to do, but you can get something out of it. Yep. There's, there's people who do jobs because it's the only job they could get hmm. and they don't even like it. But they have to do it to support their family, support themselves. 
Um, so if you can get a job that you like, you can get through. Yeah. And then you can find what you love because, yeah, I I worked in a, in a job for 20-plus years hmm. and then I started doing the diploma in counselling and then I went on to do the bachelor and it's then that I loved it. And like you, at school, I didn't really want to be there. Hmm. And I think for some, probably more males than females, they don't really know what they want to do when they leave school. They don't really like school, so they leave. Hmm. And some of us are lucky enough that we find a job that we like and then we can go on and return to study. Yeah. There's a lot of people out there that I think if they return to study in some way, it would give them a big boost in their life and they could change direction. But I think a lot of people become comfortable in what they're doing and even though they know there's this that they love, yeah. they're comfortable where they are so they like it and yeah. they think, why would I try and go for this when I've got this? Yeah, that's right. Circumstances so you've taken that big step. Yeah, circumstances yeah. direct you and, and necessity. Yeah. yeah. Um, often people end up in situations. But if, if as young people going through the education system, we can all be encouraged more to, to follow through something that genuinely interests us. Yeah. And... It, put a lot more emphasis behind that. It doesn't, of course, we don't all end up being able to do what we love, but uh, to certainly encourage encourage, and and, be, and hopefully give yourself that opportunity to do yeah. something that, that you're going to enjoy. Yeah. All right, so my last question for you is, what is something that you do to keep yourself positive? Uh, for me, uh, for me, doing exercise yeah. throughout my life has been crucial, and mental health too. Uh, as a young man, I had one episode where of of, of what I consider to be a real depression, yeah. um, and and the the exercise got me out of that. And then I haven't stopped exercising since. You know, I've never been an elite athlete or done anything. But <laughs> so you just, don't do triathlons? Uh, no, no, no. And that extreme kind of stuff, I think, is yeah. not good for you anyway. But always running, uh, and I uh, swim, uh, doing laps on a regular basis weekly, and also going to the gym. So yep. those things. So um, absolutely exercise is is what keeps me fit and, and, and sort of healthy and, and my mental outlook. Yeah, well, apparently really it keeps positive. your brain going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it does. But, um, yeah, I, the, the other, I love to, the, the things that planning a holiday each year, um, doing something on that front is So setting things up to, to look forward to as well. Yeah, yeah, and having something to look forward to. And look, being newly married in a, in a really, really great... You must have lots of things to look forward yeah, to. We do. <laughs> lots, of, lots of interesting conversations and, and uh, so uh, that's, that's, that keeps me really looking that's to the future. Great. Yeah, looking to the future. Right. Well, thank you so much for speaking to me, Richard Fabian. It's been a great interview. It's been very... Um, I was going to say inspirational, which it has been, but very informative as well. Yeah. It's yeah, been I, good I, to I, hear about your life. Yeah. Again, I, I, I never see myself as an inspirational person, and I'm not in reality, but I've got, I've got, a, I've got a story to tell. Like we all have. Yeah. And I think uh, it's interesting enough to, to be heard. Well, maybe sure. you should think at times that you could be inspirational. Yeah. Because you've changed from one type of career to another, which yeah. is quite a big change. It's not just like... Oh yeah, I can transition easily. Mm. It's this is one thing, this is another. They're two completely different fields. Yeah, 
And so that is inspirational, especially for younger people or or even older people, mm. like in their 40s, 50s, who think, I don't like this job, I really want to do this. They hear your story and they go, well, look, there's someone who did it. Yeah, no, thanks, Dan. Yeah. I'd like to come back and talk to you in two, three years' time when I have my practice up and running. And, yeah, that would be good. And, well, we uh, could do a live and, episode and that, from yeah, your practice. Then, then I could be really inspirational. <laughs> Good. Well, thank you very much. Okay, thanks, Dan. Well, that was part two of my conversation with Richard Fabian. I hope that you enjoyed that. You can go to the website and drop me a line about what you like about the podcast, topics that you would like me to talk about, or people that you think would be interesting to interview. And if you do like the podcast, share it with your friends. Share it with someone you think would enjoy it. So until next time, be positive, smile big, and enjoy the abundance of life. Thanks for listening.